0: Hello and welcome to Stock Talk, a podcast series which brings together livestock specialists, vets and farmers to give you the tools you need to improve your business and embrace the future. Stock Talk is presented by myself, Robert Ramsey, and produced by Kirsten Blackwood as part of the Farm Advisory Service in association with the Scottish Government. Hello and welcome to this episode of Stock Talk. Today we're focusing on a pretty contentious subject, a real challenge for many of us across the industry, and that's uh, the subject of livestock worrying. Uh, Something that really is uh, most farmers' worst nightmare is dogs, particularly in in amongst uh, sheep flocks, but also does affect cattle and other species as well. But certainly the the risk or the threat, the worry of dog attacks is, is. pretty constant and, and uh, a real worry and I think for, for me it's knowing what to do in the event of a dog attack and for that we're really lucky today to have I suppose we've got a bit of a celebrity on today as well that we have uh, a Wilson from the Sheep Game who I'm sure most of you all know kami um, obviously is a uh, very influential in the industry now and, and does a lot of good a uh, good publicity for the whole industry but also has a, has a a dark past as a, a police officer as well, so brings an awful lot to the table there as well. So hello to you, Cammy, how are things going?
1: Hi, Robert. Um, it's, it's good to be here, and I think it's a good... Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one
0: and, and just uh, come at it from a different angle. Yeah, no, it's good. So... Before we get into the, the meaty stuff, what's been on? What's on in your life at the moment? What's happening?
1: Well, just back in from a day's shearing there. We are getting near the end of August now, so hopefully we're, we're nearly finished shearing lambs. I think maybe you've got some I'm supposed to have done no, as I'm well.
0: you're coming to mind soon anyway.
1: Yes, I Hopefully, at the end of this week. Uh, we might get them pinged off. We'll, we'll discuss that after the podcast. But yeah, no, shearing and quite excitingly, the breeding sales are kicking off as well, which, you know, I just... I suppose I love the social side of it and just I don't know there's something just quite enjoyable about seeing sheep at their absolute best getting sold through the ring I fair enjoy going to these sales
0: yeah that's it's nice and you see those uh, mule lambs and gimmers going through here this week or, or last week and you know it, there's not much of a better sight to be fair you know it's a real um example of what the industry is all about isn't it
1: oh yeah and uh, yeah we can do meal ewe lambs we can do them down in Ayrshire that's for sure um there's some some big strong lambs through there and usually well last year I think that was about the dearest sale in the country for ewe lambs but I, I mean sheep in general is in quite a good spot when the rest of farming you know I, I, and actually you're quite good at this too because I listen to these podcasts you do see it you're not afraid to say that farming is pretty good to know you know, you can make it, and sheep, especially for me. I don't know about any other aspects of farming, and as you know, I don't know anything about cows or arable side of things or dairy. But I know sheep's in quite a good spot now, so there is still a good buzz about the markets, despite the impending doom, if you like. that's seems to be all the chat with regards to cost of living crisis and recession and
0: whatnot. Yeah, and there are it's horrendous what, what is on the horizon for our consumers. You know, what's the general public have got? Um, it's pretty scary winter looking at it, but as as you say, Cammy, farming. You know, it's maybe not, it it might not feel great sometimes, but we really are in a pretty privileged position. You know, we've we have land, we have stock, we have options, um, and that's for me. That's the message. And, and at the moment, as you say, that the industry's rumbling along fairly well. There are sectors doing better than others. Certainly, sheep, sheep and dairy are probably the two. Um, that would be the kind of highlights, but the uh, yeah, the industry's fine. That I think the easiest, the best place to go to find somebody who who would argue against that is to ask a farmer at a market. You know, uh, you don't have to go far to find somebody that tells you that we're doomed. But the same person has been saying we're doomed for the last forty years. So um, I think yeah. we're going to be okay. Yeah. No. Oh,
1: um, well, I don't. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen in the future, and as a worry. You know, lamb has lamb is probably now one of these kind of luxury products. Well, I think I think you know it's fairly uh, fair to say at the price of it as well, it's probably quite a luxury product. And as things do get a bit tighter in households, is it going to affect our lamb? I don't know. We probably export enough of it, and there's probably as a strong enough market there just now. Added to the fact that there seems to be less of it, less of it being produced, and more people want. You know, the population grows and the number of farmers declines.
0: And I think that the thing I'm hearing loud and clear now is the the climate story is really getting in gear. And there's a lot of parts of the world and a lot of parts of Britain where land production, you know, grass growth is nothing like the option it used to be. You know, the, the climate is affecting what we do, and in our part of the world, in in southwest Scotland and in, and in most of Scotland, the climate's actually becoming, or certainly in, in recent years, the weather has been more on more on our side than ever.
1: Oh, like I joke about this all summer but Ayrshire is going to be like the last haven of farming <laughs> the way this global warming's going I could see us being like the, the Santa Monica the California of the world well, the celebs wanting just to come here just to see what a blade of grass looks like um, but no I, I, I'm definitely not going to be moaning this winter about wet winters um, after seeing how bad some people have had it this summer like down south I mean I mean, even still now coming towards September there's people on my Instagram feed still out with bales of hay every day because and and I saw them one posting this morning, still no rain forecast into next week. Mm-hmm. Like it's getting pretty desperate in terms of getting some cover back for winter grazing. You know it needs to start happening now, or, or there's giving nothing there for the winter either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I am also aware, we we I'm sure we could talk about the uh, general agriculture all day, all night, and probably all the all tomorrow as well, but we should, for people who've tuned in who to, to listen to stories about dogs, we should really get on to that. So I think, Cami, you and I are probably both in a pretty similar position. My, my farm, we've got a bit of a honeypot, we've got a, you know, a significant or a, a hill that a lot of people come and walk up Um so we've got a lot of traffic, we've got a lot of, a lot of uh, walkers through us all the time and then your farm, do you want to maybe explain your situation uh, certainly in and around Kilmarnock?
1: Yeah, so no, you're bang on there actually, yours is every bit as troublesome. Um, in fact, you'll probably see more footfall than myself but where I am or rather it's a farm that I rent uh, ground from it is directly next to a golf course um, so there's a public, got uh, yeah publicly owned community golf course 18 holes right that borders the farm and alongside that there's a a wood that's also part of the farm but there's lots of walking trails in it and it's a fantastic wood it's really nice great place to walk your dog and, and exercise and you know people use it all the time but the issue with that is you're just so close to civilization you know there's people the golf course is a great place to walk the dog especially as a part of it is used as a a foot golf, there used to be an old nine-hole course on it. So it was a nine-hole and an 18-hole course. They now use a nine-hole for the foot golf. So that's kind of rougher stuff. So, you know, loads of people walk dogs on there and that directly borders fields that I use for my sheep. And the same with the woods. They all border where I keep my sheep um, different times of the year. And and that comes with it the problems that, you know, people get into the golf course Nice open space. They're away now from the busy roads and whatnot. Dog off the lead. Let it run about. They can quite easily come over into the field, as we've had issue with. And same in the woods. You know, get into the woods. We're away from the roads now. Let a dog off the lead to have a wee run about. Oh, there's a sheep through there. Quite easy over. You know, the fences aren't... um, They'll never gonna stop a dog that wants to get through. There's always a wee gap. So yeah, quite easy into the field and off the go. And then usually running close behind them as a hysterical dog owner in an absolute panic. Um as is often
0: the case. So
1: that's that's kind of my
0: setup. It's an interesting one because you know, just when you raise that about the historical dog owner, it's a you know, livestock worrying is a crime, and, and rightly so. It's a you know, it's a massive impact on, on property and animal welfare. But most of the time the vast majority of the time the perpetrator the, the criminal is a really innocent apologetic really sorry really um, emotional person you know this wasn't meant to happen
1: yeah absolutely and you know I've been I've sort of changed my tack on the whole thing which is why we are, we're now speaking about this today and, and as you know you saw the video I did talking more about pushing towards educating the farmer about what to do rather than try to educate the public because take a, maybe it's a, a pessimistic way to look at it or a, a realistic way to look at it, but most people whose dogs attack sheep are adamant that their dog wouldn't do it because if they thought they would, they wouldn't have them off the lead near sheep. So someone who's adamant that their dog... You, know, you can call it ignorance, and it is to a degree, of course it is, but they're adamant their dog wouldn't do that. So when they hear a message saying... Don't have your dog, your dog will chase sheep. You know, don't have your dog off the lead in the countryside, it'll chase sheep or livestock. They think, no, my dog, it wouldn't do that. It always comes back when I call it. It's so well behaved. But as we know, having been victim of these attacks, you know, once the the blood, you know, the lust is up in the dogs, you know, they get that hunting uh, instinct and they are gone. Like that you're never caught call- those people anyway are never calling them back. And you know, even how hard it is starting a young collie dog. You know, you need a big rope on it to start with, to learn it to stop and come back to you because once you get started chasing sheep, they'll just chase them till they're exhausted. And it's the exact same instinct. So my big thing is like, yeah, they brought out this new legislation where the maximum penalties are a one-year imprisonment and I believe it's a £50,000 fine is the other maximum. But to me, let's say, you know, make up a figure, 90% of the people who do it are someone's mum someone's dad, you know, brother, sister, whatever. And, you know, time, <laughs> we touched on it already, times are tough. I don't really want to see somebody getting a, a massive fine that that cripples them for a genuine mistake. You know, in the one-year imprisonment thing like that, I can't see, unless it's someone who's specifically out hunt, hunting sheep with their dogs, I, I don't see that ever, or, or some sort of repeat offender. I don't see that ever being put in place. It's like, And for me, it's not really a deterrent either. Because if people think it's never gonna, ha- it's not them. It'd never be them. They don't even think about what the penalty is. To, you know, it means nothing to them because it won't be them. So really, what you're left with now is we've increased this penalty, but it would just be a punishment. Genu- generally, you're, as you said, there. you in sort of quotes. you know criminal. Someone that's made a, a genuine mistake, and you know they'll be as traumatized as anyone, anyone about it, and. I'd rather see yeah if there's damage done to livestock the farmer puts in his compensate you know it's listed in the criminal case I lost f- 10,000 pounds of livestock here If you know if it's a bad go you lost 10,000 pounds of livestock here right that's the fee you repay that 10,000 and I would like to see and, and this sometimes happens when I worked in the police we had a few instances of vandalism I always remember a great one actually was a, a young boys a wee tangent here but it applies to the same kind of thing Couple of young boys from uh, one of the universities in Glasgow, smart young lads, steaming drunk, come home and there was a Skoda garage and they just ran over the top of all the cars uh, on the way back to their accommodation. Eighteen-year-old boys, and we got them, and because we could follow them, the cameras back into their block and we got them identified via the school neighbour. But the damage had came to something like thirty grand. Because cause they dented every, bo- every roof they jumped on. So we pulled these boys up and then floods of tears straight away. Can just daft boys, first time out in the big city, you know, they'd moved from wherever, they were actually starting to be doctors as well. Um, and floods of tears. And we said to them, like, listen, you're getting charged with this, but we spoke to the garage owner. If the damage is fixed, we'll pass that on to the procurator fiscal. And what happened was, one of them had a wealthy father. He phoned up the next day and paid for the damage there and then. But that's not for us to decide. That that's the end of it. We still have to report it. But we just put the report into procurator Fiscal, saying this was the crime was committed. These are the boys that did it. Here's the evidence. But they've paid for it. It was a, a, a it was a stupid thing they've done. They've paid for it. So use that as it's not quite exculpated evidence, but it's it's um, you know additional circumstances that y- you put to the court. And no court in its right mind is going to say at a time when things are stretched as it is, you know, I'll be waiting two years to deal with the the dog thing that we'll get on to talking about, but no court's going to look at that and say, no, I still want to prosecute these young lads, you know, so that was just scored out, no further proceedings done. And I wouldn't mind seeing something like that done. And I'm sure it maybe has done in the past. I I don't know of any examples, but I would love to see that as an option for a dog worrying thing. Yes, the people still need to get charged because it's not for the police to decide. Um, You know, if a crime's being committed, we need to report it regardless of these other circumstances but if we say at the court right there's five thousand pounds of damage there the farmer has come to us and said this person has paid for the damages and wants no further proceedings write it off at that and and then it's a serious life lesson for this person who purely by the fact that they've went to the effort to pay pay this and sort this out as soon as they possibly could shows their character there's no need to proceed with any criminal conviction. That's the that's way I would like to look, see it dealt with.
0: It would be interesting to know what the father, what the ramifications were for the kid after aye, the aye. had paid that bill.
1: <laughs> yes, I bet he get die aye, aye, the poor <laughs> yeah. lad like. but
0: yeah, Maybe better aye. the procurator fiscal doesn't, doesn't get too involved in that as aye, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I think just touching on you, something you said earlier about engaging with the public. So, do you know? I think there's a there's a real need to put signage up. There's a need to you know try and do what we can. But as farmers, you know, with you look at the good work that Rhett are doing to try and teach kids and teach teachers where food comes from, what it's all about. Our consumers are now so detached from what we do that they don't. You know, in general, I'm, I'm generalising, but there's a lot of people don't don't know where their food comes from, and also don't understand the value and the emotion that's attached to our stock you know our, our flocks of use are worth they're worth a lot of money but they're also worth you know you're proud of them and the day there's a dog worrying attack you're not looking at that thinking about the money you know you're looking at that thinking about lives and waste you know and, and what a you know what a terrible welfare issue that's on the go that uh, engaging to i thought i would agree with you cammy as, as farmers trying to engage with all of the people who might be on your farm it's an impossible task, you know, we're, we're destined to fail. But I think it's about finding the right process. So when it happens, if it happens, hopefully it doesn't happen to, to most or to, to all, hopefully it doesn't happen again, but it will uh, across farms, across the country. What do we do? So what what is the, before we get our blood up, before we get, you know, adrenaline going, what is the process we should go through? And I think the story, your, your video that you've done, and the story you've got. I think it's probably worth going through that. And maybe talk us through the video or talk us through what happened that day. Uh, and we can certainly in this we can signpost that video. Um I don't think you do too much swearing in it. I think it's okay. So I think it's fairly no, safe not, for work. So that, no, I think not, we can signpost it. Yeah. Um, uh, there's
1: actually zero um, aye, zero zero swearing in it. Uh, no, I keep we keep fairly i I've had a lot of comments about how cam um I keep so yeah, I suppose to to start, it was this incident that we're about to talk about. This totally changed my perspective of, you know, before it was like I'd put videos out, try to speak to the public, you know, and say, you know, please keep your dog in leading this Now I've changed tack and actually I'm just speaking to farmers and saying, here's what we should do. The incident that you're talking about there, um, we had a chap who I now know is is well known in the, the, the scheme that he lives in uh, He's, he alleges to be a dog trainer but he has five or six of these massive I would call them hunting dogs um, I'm, I don't know all the breeds but you know they're big German shepherd type um, type dogs the kind of thing you know if it barked at you you'd you'd be frightened um, so I was out he'd it, actually been causing an issue for a while in the woods and, and the landowner had made me aware of it and I said to him listen next time uh, there's an issue because a lot of deer in the woods, and he's using these dogs to hunt the deer in the woods. Uh, but the deer are too agile for these dogs. But he just thinks it's a big game. So the landowner made my way and and I said, right, well, next time he's there, obviously the police background. I said, next time he's there, let me know. I'll have I'll speak to him, and I you know I want to get some footage of him because if they're chasing deer just now, they'll, they'll be chasing sheep soon. So and I. Again, goes back to the policing thing. I suppose, like for me, whenever you de- dealt with a case, so towards the end of my career, I was in CID and we did a lot of serious crime and stuff. When you deal with a crime, there's always three. Would I say three versions of the story? As as a way, or there's always two versions of the story. I suppose you don't always get CCTV, but there's always two, there's a victim's version, which is quite often, you know, due to. Uh, sheer adrenaline and shock, and the high intensity of, of the situations that are often part of being in a, a serious crime, are either exaggerated or important bits missed out, or you know, someone could have been wearing this, but actually they were wearing that. There's their version. There's the suspects' version of what actually happened, which is, as you can imagine, can often be uh, quite far away <laughs> away from reality. And then in the middle, there's there's CCTV. Um, if you're lucky there's CCTV or video footage I should say which um, although we live in 2022 and you know we can watch Avengers going to Mars and all that kind of stuff generally speaking it it, it won't be altered it'll be accurate you know so the, the, the camera doesn't lie if you like so part of my thing with dealing with this guy I wanted to go and see him and, and get this video footage and have a recording and get as many of these dogs as I could in film. So it's like a message I'm now pushing to, to the farmers. And that day I get a phone call, this guy's in the woods, right? No worries. Uh, so let's say this was the first, if it was the first of April this year. So that's fine. I go over on the bike, I head over to where uh, roughly he is in the woods. And sure enough, as I'm going along the field, heading for another point, I see a deer busting out of the trees just up to the left. So I drive up there thinking, well, that makes sense. That's probably where it is. And I hear dogs barking, and, you know, it sounds like a there used to be a fox hunt on the farm where I uh, stay. I used to like send about eighty hounds out, and it sounded something similar to that. Them all barking and baying at this deer. So anyway, drive up to the fence line. Sure enough, the dogs are all at the fence line. And to be fair, and I said this in the video. You know, uh, they didn't come through the fence after the deer. Um, they'd stopped at the fence line. Anyway, I get the phone out, uh, and I, I I do say this to far- this is my big message to farmers is rather than and know I'm not saying every farmer would do this, but I know there are some farmers who would be straight over there effing and blinding, uh, directly challenging uh, the chap because farmers, especially you know male farmers, can quite often be quite big, strong, confident guys who know that they can handle themselves if need be. If this guy, you know, they're almost wanting to provoke him into something, um, so they go up there effing and blinding. It just becomes a big shouting match. And there's no crime being committed. The guy goes away and all you're left with is, you know, you you might feel a wee bit better or it's nice to get the blood flowing. It's quite a good, you know, that wee rush you get from the adrenaline. But noth- nothing's gained out it at all. If anything, you've maybe, I'm not saying this is the way to think, but, you know, you don't know this person. You don't know his associates. You don't know what they're capable of. And if you're on a farm and they're on your farm, they know where you stay, you know. They know where your sheds are and all this, and you know. Let's make it an easier life. But one thing that scares these tough guys is a camera in their face. Like it's amazing the reaction to people when you put a camera in their face. You know, all of us they totally change their change their change their tune and they uh, react differently. So I just approached the chap. I brought the camera out. Of the phone It wasn't hiding it in any way right in his face just holding it and if, for anyone that's seen the video footage I remain I remain calm and I merely explain to him that I'm evidence gathering my exact well, or more or less uh, verbatim is I was evidence gathering because at some point one of these dogs here and he had about six or seven and I got them all in the footage mm-hmm. one of these dogs here will attack my sheep and with luck I'll get a hold of the dog And then I'll be able to look back at this footage and say, that dog belongs to that man there. And here's good footage of his face, his voice, uh, and where, you know, this interaction. So I did that. He said all the key phrases. I mean, it was a perfect video, perfect video. He said all the key things. He said, right to Rome. I've got a right to Rome. He said, these dogs wouldn't chase sheep. These dogs are all trained dogs. Um, And as I said, I've since found it alleges to be a dog trainer. But these dogs are all trained. I've got control of these dogs. All those key things uh, that you hear all the time whenever you speak. Then farmers will be able to relate to that totally whenever they've approached people either on their land or certainly very close. So that interaction finished. Not a crossword from me. I got my video footage. I was quite happy. I hoped that that would be enough to put them off. And in a lot of cases, it would. You know, any person that now knows somebody's got video footage of them would maybe think, right, let's go somewhere, you know, let's go for an easier target, somewhere where we don't get any hassle or nobody approaches us. But that that wasn't the case. And I'm sure it was either the 1st or 2nd of May, it was almost almost bang on a month later, I got a phone call from my mum who stays on the farm. There's a, a dog chasing the sheep. And I think, My first thought is this guy, but we've had it happen so many times before. It could have been any dog. So I go tearing. I I wasn't too far away. 10, 15 minutes away. I go tearing over there. I phone the police straight away. It's the first thing I do. So before doing anything, phone the police. Because as we know, the police, it takes time to get the police. That's a 999 call. Straight onto 999. It's an ongoing crime. Uh, I phone 999. Head straight there. I tell them what's happening. Ongoing dog attack. At, at this location, and then I head straight there. Uh, by the time I get there, one of the neighbours, there's a sort of wee row of houses. One of the neighbours had been out, and managed to get a hold of the dog. And as soon as I saw the dog, I knew it was that guy's dog. As soon as I saw it, 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 it just the it, it was one of the ones that was running wild and actually sat, I had a bark at Meg, my sheepdog, at the time in that video. So I quickly pulls up my phone. And as I said before, perfect evidence gathering. I review back to this video that I'd taken. Bang! There's the dog there. So I now have the I have the dog in my hands. Well, thankfully we've got two witnesses: my mother and this chap in the village. But regardless, we've got a hold of the dog. It is evidence enough? The fact you have hold of the dog, and I can see that dog belongs to this chap here. Here's me warning them this mm-hmm. will be happening, and. With luck, while I'm uh, then making a video, a new, a fresh video of this dog, I see luck, but uh, I see sheep running in another field further away, and I think, oh, there's another dog out. And as I look over, here's this guy walking across the field with another dog off the lead, just sauntering through the field, obviously looking for his dog that I now have. Now, he can't see me from where I was at this point. So I think, right, Jumping the pickup. Now my blood is up at this point. I, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't absolutely steaming mad. I was absolutely fe- like, I was shaking with it, with the adrenaline of it all. I tell Mum to keep a hold of the dog, and I jump in the pickup and I horse it over to to where I'd seen him. And he sees me coming. He turns and starts walking away at at pace. And as I approach him again, I bring the phone out and start filming. And now this video hasn't been seen because it has now been used in a hopefully it becomes a court case but certainly I, I, he's been charged and i, I approached the chap and I, I, I don't i don't swear to be fair I keep, I keep but i'm i'm probably more confrontational than i should have been um you know i can sit here and say you know don't get angry and do this but i was absolutely steaming mad um about the whole thing because some of my ewes were heavy and lamb like it was in the field with my late lammers so like at this point it's May so you can imagine how heavy and lamb they were it's the last I think it was about six or seven left to lamb in the field so I'm absolutely steaming mad I go up I do get in his face a bit I don't touch him or anything but I do get in his face a bit and, and point out the fact that he's a clown and that I told him this would happen and he just smug spouts a lot of nonsense and then there's a whole thing. It'll actually be quite entertaining when you watch it when I get it out because I then have to chase him for about 40 minutes. He's on a push bike with five other dogs pulling him. There's a whole thing. It goes on. Camera ran out of battery. I was like, my legs are about to collapse because, you know, I wasn't very, I'm not as fit as I used to be. And I was just constantly in the phone to the police and thankfully, eventually, the, the police... It was the most awkward thing, though. It was quite entertaining uh, from this point because I'm on the phone to the police right behind him. So whenever I say, at this point, he was heading towards a bit called Holmes Road. So I go, ah, he's heading towards Holmes Road. He would just take a left into the woods and be like, all right. <laughs> the lap where is he now? It's like, well, I can't really tell you because if I see where he's going, <laughs> he'll go somewhere else. <laughs> so we literally did laps of the woods for ages because I knew the police wouldn't come in. And eventually, I think he was starting to get tired. And I never laid hands on him. Um, You know, I never laid hands on him. Just, you know, I probably could have because he was trying to flee from a crime scene. I probably could have. But I just think that's a last resort, especially when he's got five dogs with him. You know, I always say, look after yourself first. Don't, you know, we can get this guy another day. Don't don't get a sore face over it or get involved in something that could get you into bother. But I knew I was fit enough to keep chasing them. So that was a luxury I had. And I just followed them to eventually the police came. And then we had all this video footage and and it made this to me, it's a perfect case. Um and one great thing about dog attacks is if you get the dog and it and folk go mental about the fact, and I don't like it either, but the people get the dog back, so this guy gets his dog back and the end of it. But that in itself is a great bit of evidence because to get that dog back. He has to say yes that's my dog you know the police don't just go mate here's a dog they go and say is this your dog and he has to say yes that's my dog well that's that is you, like you'll hardly get a better piece of evidence because he could say oh that's no mad you know he could say it he could say and say oh, that's no my dog right that's fine he doesn't get a dog back so that's a kind of win for you and then you've got other evidence but if he says oh yeah that is my dog i want it back <laughs>
0: perfect perfect evidence it's looking also (laughs) it it must be one of the only bits of evidence that's actually really pleased to see the person arrive you know tail wagging definitely that you know (laughs) my my dog responds more to me than anyone else yeah yeah um, exactly exactly Um, from that i mean i just hope it's good to hear it's going through a process i know it's a it's a long process but hopefully you can get that guy certainly i've seen the first video and it's certainly somebody that's absolutely in the wrong and, and it would be nice to see some form of prosecution or something happening to to, to deal with that or to, or to try and deal with that but I think from what you're saying there Cammy, there's, there's a few points so first of all 999 is okay so if the, if you've got a dog worrying attack on the go or a, a dog attack on the go it's an absolutely legitimate 999 there's there's no other option for it and that's, that's where we need to go the next bit is when we then go- move into the firearms world as well, so for those there's probably less guns on farms now than there used to be, but there still are a lot of shotguns about and things and for you know for good reason when you when you hear stories like these as well, where do we stand so what what are we at what point are you allowed to shoot a dog and- oh, absolutely first for me
1: the first protocol is phone the police and then shoot the dog a, a great example uh, uh, a, a good mate of Archie had a, a dog worrying issue um, back before he made his big move to Butte where the same dog everyone knew they were doing it same dog coming out, the folk were just so ignorant they let them out in the back door and they break out the garden and away they went and the police took the dogs back to them same thing happened again so for me, absolutely yeah, you make that call to the to the police and if you have a like at that time I contacted someone who who had a gun license, but they weren't available. I don't have a gun license or a gun, and I have absolutely no interest in, in getting one. Um, but if you have a gun, yet your first thing, well, obviously, phone the police. Uh, but then, yeah, shoot the dog. For a lot in a lot of cases, it's the only way to stop the dog. You know, like if you you try and you'll never run over a dog with a quad bike. Like you might do enough to scare it, but you're more likely to kill yourself trying to get a dog with a quad bike. If you can get in and get close enough to take a shot and shoot the dog.
0: The important bit is the, as you say, it's where, where does the truth lie? And I think that having good evidence and having reported it before you've done it is really, you know, it's, it's, it's vital. is to have that. I shot this dog because it was doing this. Yeah. First things, phone the police.
1: Next thing is, even though you're trying to stop the dog, I would still be taking my phone out and getting some footage of the dog, even if it's as you're racing over the field towards it, I would I would get a f- even a few seconds footage of what the dog's doing. And you know, even if you can film yourself shooting the dog, keeps you clear as well because it wouldn't be the first time some member of the public's watched a dog been shot and then saying he threatened me with that gun or he pointed that gun at me. Or you know, he shot he shot the dog. You know, they'll run over to the dog after it's been shot. He shot the dog whilst it was standing next to me. I had a hold of the dog, and then you're an also like that's we're talking about shooting. You know, using the gun, you have to be so careful with what you're doing. You know, when your blood's up, you know, never be waving the gun about at anyone. Do not be shooting at a dog if it's if if the owner's try to get a hold of that dog, then shooting the dog is not an option. Like. Unless it's unless it's you know, two hundred meters away, you know, you know shooting that dog is not an option. You have to see through the rage and think just common sense. You know, yes, you might lose some sheep here, but that doesn't justify shooting anywhere near a human being. So and and I would, you know, call me um, devil's advocate. You know, if I was a police officer and attended something and someone had taken a shot at a dog. Well, it was near a person. I would, I would, I wouldn't have an issue charging them with reckless discharge or, or whatever the appropriate uh, charge is for that, because that's just it's madness. It's 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 far it's too reckless. It's far too reckless. The gun thing is just you have to keep yourself so right, or you, you'll end up in bother.
0: Yeah, and and that bother includes. Losing your guns, you know, if it, probably the, the entry level issue is losing your licence and that, that has implications for, for later on in your career as well or for future incidents as well. So it's either uh, there and they're, they're there to be used, but they're there they're to be used and or are fully respected um as well. So uh, the other question I suppose is, you know, we've got our blood up, where you know, or, or say you're in that position, you've got your blood up, where do you stand as a policeman? So what if you give somebody a kicking? What if somebody goes? We've had a dog incident. We've had a proper fallout. The dogs. The dog is in the wrong, but the farmer has a, expressed his disgust for using his fists. Wait, where does he stand then?
1: That's an assault. Yep, yeah, I'd have no like being upset about something. Disney like, you know, I was twelve years in the police. Like, I'd have no issues with charging you know be it a farmer or not I still th- I would say that's wrong you know yeah the person's in the r- and a lot of the time the person we go back to it like yes the person's in the wrong but they didn't mean f- you know it's been a total ac- a lot of the time it's a total accident and they're as hysterical as anyone and you can over I find it hard I don't actually know how many situations there's been where the farmer has done that because it's hard to give it's hard to even when you're angry, it's hard to then get into violence when the person is not showing violence back. Now, it's a different thing, let's let's play a ridiculous scenario. Not a ridiculous scenario, a very a very likely scenario and one that actually does happen is you you shoot the dog. Then quite quite often, the farmer is met with aggression from the dog owner. Um not always, sometimes you know, people understand or whatever, or some folk are like, I'm not going to run at that guy. He's just shot my dog. He's holding a gun. But <laughs> some some people uh, might approach with aggression. The first thing I'd be saying is get that gun unloaded. Get the gun away, get it in the vehicle. You know, don't be standing, arguing and potentially getting into a fight with someone whilst you're holding a loaded gun. You know, uh, that's that's the first piece of advice. And secondly, like, I don't I always say, don't be throwing the first punch. You know, if, if somebody comes at you, then absolutely defend yourself. You know, and I think that goes without saying, I don't think that many farmers would stand and take otherwise. Um, But if somebody comes at me with aggression, the first thing I'm doing is pulling that phone out. It's amazing how that can slow them down. Like, you have a, f- like, if you're coming at someone intent on harm and bang, there's a phone filming you acting like an idiot it totally changes your your mindset and sometimes that could be enough just to diffuse the whole situation or certainly not diffuse the whole situation but take violence out of the equation um so that that would be my advice in that situation
0: and certainly just i think to reiterate what you said i mean my my experience of this has been exactly the quite often families out walking a dog or a young couple or there's not the, the mo- most common story. Isn't the bad guy with well, the you know the the guy your guy with a pack of wolves is a pretty rare yeah rare issue. They they certainly the issue we've had and we we are fortunate we get a lot of people but they've all got to go to a bit of effort to get to us. If to walk a couple of miles or they've to you know, they've they're not just going out out the back door to go a bit of walk. So we've probably got probably a different group of people, a different demographic, but still have that accidental dog incident from time to time and and certainly what we're saying i gather an evidence and that, and that could even be evidence just for your own insurance you know that could just be for a for saying here's what happened here's a deal if, if we've got it on on camera got it recorded it, it, it could be used for whatever purpose is required and and more often than not, there's not going to be a confrontation or a drama. Um, it's just emotions and um, and shock that this has happened. A,
1: a, a big thing people need to remember in these situations, if you don't take any video evidence, most of the time, I mean, see if you have the option to go and you're going to these things and um, your wife or husband is there or an, a worker on the farm or anything, always take someone with you. You Know just for backup and corroboration because if you just go over there and say, even if you shoot the dog, right? And the guy's miles away. If he goes over and to see his dog and stands by it, and then he tells the police he shot that dog while it was at my feet, I had a hold of that dog, and you say, No, I didn't, it was attacking the sheep. What if the, the police turn up? Like, I've been to. Th- probably not exaggerating by saying thousands, thousands where it's one person via another, and you're just like, well, guys, like I'm, you know, I'm not Jeremy Kyle. I don't know how to work out who's telling the truth here. You know, it, it it's just two versions of events is all you've got. You have no corroborating evidence. You know, in Scots law, we work on uh, like corroboration, like two pieces of two pieces of evidence, or at the very least circumstantial evidence to back up a, a statement. So in that situation, you have two witnessed. If if we treat them both as witnesses at that point because they're both alleging crimes, you've two witness statements saying totally different things. Like people give the police, a, oh, the police did nothing, and this and that. <laughs> what are the, what are the police supposed to do with that? Do you know Do you know what I mean? I we can use, you know, we, n- there's other things you can do. I suppose you'd knock doors and door 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 to door. But usually when you're out in a field, who's who's gonna corroborate? It's just the two of you. So if you've not at least taken footage of of the dog. Uh, attacking the sheep to, to back you up and show there was nobody there, I shot the dog moments later. To me, that would be, you know, I, I put this phone down and shot the dog, at, which would make perfect sense to me. You know, you've taken a few seconds to collect, to to gather evidence. You've sat your phone down, you've shot the dog. That sounds like a, a plausible timeline to me. This guy saying he shot the dog right next to me, I'm thinking, mm, not many that's not a very usual outcome or something that would normally happen so I'm going to lean towards you know the evidence I have a video of the dog chasing the sheep nobody near it and the farmer's statement and that's that's another example of, of how that can benefit you
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, So if we look at prevention as better than cure um, and we know the issue we're engaging with the public and, and a who you know are we ever speaking to the right people the one question i wonder is the role of signage so see on gates and access points and places that people are going routinely is it worth and is there a liability issue with putting signs up saying please keep your dog in the lead or you know don't want to shoot your dog but you might force me to or do you think is there is there method is there is there a reason for or there's always a reason for doing it is it does it work or is it think it's wasting time I try to be an optimist about about
1: most things in life, as you know. But to to me, do you know, the best sign to put up to me, and the one that I think works more than any other, is cows and young calves in field dangerous to uh, dog walkers. Please be careful. Now, whether there's cows or young calves in that field, I know doesn't matter. But that to me. Because everybody's seen the news about the walkers being trampled by cows. People are generally scared of cows. I mean, I'm scared of cows, and I've been on farms all my days. But people are generally scared of cows, and they think of like uh, they go their mind thinks Spain, you know, Spanish bullfighting and uh, you know aggression. In cattle, which we know is not the case, in ninety nine percent of cattle, even cows with calves are generally, you know, you can all, you can never be sure, but generally speaking, they're they're quite good. But just putting that in their head, I think, is more effective than just saying, just being a farmer saying, put your dog in the lead, and they're like, farmer, like my dog's no good at anything; it's well trained. You're now changing that from them thinking about it's not what the dog could do now; they're worried about it's what the cow could do to them. Which is a totally different dynamic and a totally different mindset for them. So they're no longer thinking they have control and it's as long as they control their dog, they're okay. They're now thinking, who's going to, you know, these cows, they're cows. You don't tell a cow what to do. If it comes and goes for me, I'm screwed. So they might think, do you know what? We could just walk over here rather than go through that field.
0: Aye. The, the frustrating thing for me that the bit you mentioned it, or that your, your friend in the woods with the dogs, he mentioned it was the right to roam and it, it's so frustrating to hear it it was access legislation was 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 nicknamed the right to roam they have got the right they don't have the right to roam they've got the right to responsible access and for me a dog owner has a lead and a wee bag at the side as well and if they're not if the dog's not in a lead and the and they're not tidying up after the dog they have no right to access your land
1: yeah i, I tell you the They changed that legislation slightly for the livestock worrying but I tell you they still missed a trick. They're still being far too soft because the legislation and I actually quoted it wrongly in the very first video I did because I said that dogs now have to be on a lead whilst in fields with livestock but the actual wording of the legislation which is absolutely ridiculous to me and, and something that I really I probably should do more to try and see if they would do anything about it but is the dog has to be on a lead or under close control now, that to me is a ridiculous statement because nobody can judge if a dog is under close control. That guy would say, you know, if I went up to that guy the first time I was walking these dogs, he, he would have said those dogs were under close control. But one month later, obviously they weren't because they're now attacking my sheep. So for me as a police officer, and I've had this argument with some people who who gave me quite a hard time for, because for, they're like, I, I feel I should have the right to have my dog, like, I couldn't believe they were arguing at the point with me that about that I was putting out a wrong message saying that they should be on a lead because like, my dog is trained under close control, blah, blah, blah. I don't need a lead. It's like, mate, see if you're going through a field with livestock, stick a lead on for two minutes or just don't go in a... Why are you going in a field with livestock anyway? i do, no, t- I tell you a true thing, Ro, I don't know if you feel this way too. I would feel... I don't know if... I I, I would feel... certainly very, very self-conscious walking through another farmer's field with sheep or livestock if I had no right, you know, if I didn't, if he didn't know I was going to be there. Yeah. Like to me, I would be like, like this isn't right. You know, like I'm disturbing this guy's sheep or whatever for absolutely no reason other than I have the right to roam. Like, I don't know if you would feel that way. Like it's, uh, I would be thinking up stories in my head as to what's my excuse for being in here. If I get pulled up, um, but
0: so, so it's a different mentality these, these folk have. I think the thing for us though is if you know if I'm walking through your sheep, I'm clearly there for a nosy. You know, I'm just clearly want to see what the bit you don't film on the sheep game really looks like. What the rest Yeah, of it, you know. yeah. Aye, you'll never find a lame sheep with me. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> no, uh,
1: in terms of the right, I'd love to see legislation changed, tweaked again, that the dog has to be in a lead, then it's black and white. Because see, for me as a police officer, and, and I'm biased, now, now most police officers are overworked, far too they've no time to do anything, that's an absolute fact, they're so understaffed. But for me as a police officer, if, if I turned up to um, an instance, say a farmer had phoned me saying there was someone in their field with a dog off the lead which I would still say is a, a justified reason to phone the police if you have somebody in your field with a dog off the lead I would say you should be phoning the police mm-hmm. and then I go up to that person and say for me as a police officer if I came to that I would be, I would be looking depending on the person, you've got to judge the person you know if it's a primary th- you know if you speak to them and they get in a panic and didn't realize they were doing wrong that's fine education they know better now you know fine well they're never going to do it again if i approach them and they right to roam eh, i can take my dog where i like and blah 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 you know all this part. um i would charge them with not having control of that dog and and they would hit me with oh i've got this dog under close control and that and i'd say you might think that but I have no way to prove that to be true and it's not for me it's not for the police, this is one thing folk need to remember as well, it's not for the police to decide if someone's guilty or not, it's for the court so I would be charging that person with the offence and reporting the circumstances to the procurator fiscal, it's then up to the it's actually then up to that person to prove in court that that dog's under close control and don't I don't know how they do that, but you know I would then cite uh, Cami Wilson versus uh, versus the world. Uh, this example of a person using the exact words: "These dogs are under control." One month later, they're not. So it's the exact same scenario. You know they they use a, a big thing in laws: use stated cases where the same um, maybe unusual circumstances arisen, and they can use that either as a defence or for prosecution. I'd be using it for prosecution that you're saying your dog's under close control, as did this guy, and then they attacked the sheep. It's the same scenario. Prove, prove, or show me something that's different about this situation. And don't be wrong, if they can, you know, if they could show you this dog's been to, you know, trained with a professional dog handler and, you know, its recall's unbelievable and it can do X, Y, and Z, I would say, fair enough, that's a fairly good example. If they just show you it going, come here, come here, Bessie. And it runs up to them. That, that doesn't prove anything. Do you know what I mean? It's a difficult thing to prove. So I, I would, if I see a dog off the lead in a field, and don't me wrong, I will, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm being harsh here. I would always go to the person first. And if it is a genuine person who's just daft and they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, I'll get them in the lead now and away. That's fine. That's, that's fine. You know, there's no need to be involved in the police. If I speak to them, they go, right to roam, I'll take my dog where I like, it does need a lead, I'll be phoning the
0: place. My two favourite ones are when you get, question number one, do you think you own the place, when you ask someone to put their dog back in the lead, and the answer to that is yes, and then the question number two, or or statement number two is, but your dog's not in the lead. (laughs) I have always struggled to come, but there is no real comeback with that one, other than the fact it's my dog, my place, and it's, fully under close control but uh, we'll not get we'll not dwell on those ones just now I'm conscious of your time Cami I know you'll have plenty of other things on this evening uh, that's been a really really interesting chat but probably just to leave us I think what what are the, the key points so we've covered an awful lot of stuff we've probably uh, it's not like you or I to be a wee bit long-winded so I mean you've got my blood right up I actually can feel my heart
1: rate up just talking about this because I get so like it makes me so angry even just thinking about uh, dog attacks but uh, I right, think so
0: let's be being proactive to the farmer who's experiencing a dog attack what are what do we do what's the process so for me if it's uh, I tell you a big thing and maybe I wasn't quite
1: clear enough for this you know do not have any fears about going up to someone and getting your camera out and filming them like Bear in mind, bear in mind a lot of time, they're on your land. So, so they, if they don't like being filmed on your land, they can leave your land. Like it's not like you're pinning them there and making some film. Like it's the most ridiculous thing when folk are like, Oh, you know, you can't film me or this and that. And yeah, so if they don't like it, they can leave. And sometimes, you know, I tell you something, and people listening to us will be able to relate. People don't like being filmed. You know, it's hard enough getting farmers like yourself, Robert, to come on the sheep game at times. But uh, never mind when, like, all of a sudden you bring the camera out, folks start thinking, oh, God, this is going to go on a Facebook forum or this is going to be a viral video or he's going to slander me on social media. And they think, oh, no, I don't want this. Let's go elsewhere. And if they're getting met with that regularly when they come near you, that actually could be a really good way to, to stop them coming. So, yeah, the first thing I'd be saying is do that. One is a deterrent. And two, as a way of collating evidence, because sometimes with dog attacks, or quite often with dog attacks, the owners nowhere to be seen. So if you can look back, you know, if you see somewhere like Robert does and you've got 20 of these videos, you can look back and see, right, that was that big uh, Alsatian there. That looks just like that. Same collar, because this dog I got had the exact same collar as well. Ideal. I know it was that person there. Give that to police. They've got something to work on. But yeah, you get the, you, you get the footage of them. Collect evidence where you can, use your your camera as a deterrent where you can, never be afraid to, to get the phone out. You don't even need to, I mean, for me, like farmers are bad at saying, don't come here or don't come in, don't do this, don't do that, like trying to tell people what to do, when actually a lot of the time, they do have the right to be there, as annoying as it is. So I would just bet, kill them with kindness. It's a thing that confuses people. You approaching them and filming them, but staying calm, like I did with that guy if anybody's seen the video. I'm just like, no, like, I appreciate your dogs haven't done anything just now, but this is me collecting evidence because at some point they will. And that's the way to keep it. Don't be aggressive. You know, be kill them with kindness, confuse them a bit. Just say, listen, I understand you're not breaking any laws just now, but this dog's off the lead. And at some point, there's a high likelihood that this dog will attack my sheep as if in previous instance of this I'm now collecting evidence of owners and their dogs uh, who are on my land and I'm saving this for the police when it might be required some part along those lines and just stand and film them and don't be don't you know don't be afraid to walk alongside them Uh, you know keep your distance you know you've got to remember (laughs) they have the right to be there don't be getting in their face keep your distance film them for a few meters away and like it's amazing how people don't like (laughs) <laughs> been out there walk with a dog off the lead and somebody walking along filming them for five minutes it's amazing how that'll make them think do you know what I'm just going to go home so so that's one way to approach it if it's an ongoing attack like I said you should be looking to phone the police first next most important thing is stopping the attack um, and don't be wrong if if like for me I had time to phone the police you know I will say actually it, it's not it's even phoning 999 is a time consuming thing um, for me, if you're right there and you don't have time to do it, you know, if it's happening right in front of you or you come across it, never, you know, you don't have time to do that. It takes too long. They ask stupid questions that annoy the life out of me. Um, oh, I I'll not get started that. But anyway, so first thing is then, you know, threat to life, as we said before, number one priority, do what you can to stop this attack happening. Get the phone out, get some evidence of it, of the attack happening. Even better if you can see where the owner is, get a shot of them. If you have a gun, shoot the dog. In a safe way, of course, keeping yourself right all the time. If you don't have a gun, you do what you can to stop that dog. Then, if you haven't already, phone the police. Like, don't try and sort it out yourself. Get the police there. 999. Don't be feared to use 999 in that kind of situation. And yeah it's easy to say because I didn't keep calm you're not going to keep calm but just keep yourself right don't get aggressive get as much of it on video as you can if you take someone with you they should have the phone there was a good one the other day I I, I could talk about this all day Robert sorry it's going to be a two hour podcast but there was a great one the other day you might have seen it going viral the the guy standing in front of the combine harvester because the steward after the combine had got on his sam. he was having a tea party out his back door and the steward was getting in the drinks and stuff did you see that?
0: No, I didn't. And this madman,
1: yeah, madman, clearly quite well dressed, well spoken, was standing in front of this combine. You know, farmer doing his job, just standing, arms crossed. And the farmer had obviously phoned his. I'm assuming I shouldn't, you should never assume his partner or his mother or whoever it was, his sister. Uh, this lady came down, and she had someone with her, and she says, "The the person on the, holding the phone was filming and said, what should I do?'" And she says, "Just keep filming." And do you know what? That was a great thing she said because no matter what happens from now, you've got this evidence to keep you right. And she approached the guy, was very calm, said, come away from there. It's very dangerous. What are you doing? And this guy made himself look like an absolute tit, going on a, a rant about his sandwiches or something <laughs> ridiculous. And that's how, you know, like obviously farmers get up on it going absolutely ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But I thought they did a great thing where she was like, keep that phone going no matter what. And that's what I'd be saying to folk, you know, don't feel the need to to you holding that camera, it might feel like you're standing doing nothing. Uh, as Lizzie sometimes feels when I'm asking her to film me doing things for the sheep game. <laughs> but I'm like, that is such an important thing. Like that is, it is such an important thing to have that person there. So don't feel as, as you would feel, you know, you're standing just holding the phone when all oh, this is going on. But that is so vital to, to what happens after the fact. So if you can do that, clear evidence, Don't assault anyone. Defend yourself. Need be, And, you know, if in doubt, drop me a message. I don't even be, I can't even reply to all the messages I get, but I do, you know, I try my best to get to someone. I get questions, this kind of thing. I always try and help people and and give advice the best I can. I can't really think of another situation where I, you know, I quite, I get furious. Like there's nothing really bothers me but that, you know, like, yeah, like shaking with, with anger and it's hard to keep your head clear and be sensible.
0: Yeah, it's a kind of thing. It's a it's a prime example of something we probably don't talk about enough. You know, we talk about in a this has happened context, but I think it's the you know what should we do? You know, advice advice from you, advice from us, whoever. But even talking about it in the pub with people, just talking of talking to other farmers, talking to people. What's the process? What happens? What's your experience? What happened? Who did what? Do you know, there's no stigma about. Talking about this, you know, it's it's something that I think we all need to engage in more. And and if the legislation is not right, you know, if there's, if the legislation, like you, Cammy, I'm really pleased to see that new legislation in place, and we've done something about it. But if there's more to be done, we need to make a bit of noise about it. You know, we need to have that conversation at a low and at a high level, and see if we can get this momentum that's gathered up behind the livestock worrying a story can we actually make it, can it push us further down the road and get us in an even better place?
1: No, absolutely. For me, it just, it just leaves this grey area for both the farmer and the police where you turn up and this close control phrase, you know, it's just like, it's just a wee bit of a grey area that's, uh, yeah, it just makes it, it makes it hard for both parties and also, I suppose it leaves this wee loophole for people to, these really ignorant people who know their rights (laughs) how dare they how dare they know their rights Uh, these people that know their rights and just love to push them to the limit
0: so yeah Yeah. get a life (laughs) (laughs) on that note Cammie thank you very much that's been amazing really really good stuff Uh, I'm conscious totally conscious of your time and also conscious I'm next on the list to get my lambs clipped so uh, the more talking we do here the later that's going to be so uh, a big thank you to you and, and really just good luck to everything you're doing you know it's been amazing to see the sheep game growing and and also from a personal point of view seeing your business grow as well and uh, hopefully we'll see lots more positive and progress going forward so uh, good luck to you and thank you very much for your time cheers robert thank you if you enjoyed listening to stock talk you may enjoy some of our other podcasts such as crofting matters which is a 12-part monthly show that discusses all things crofting in scotland including livestock management You may also enjoy our new podcast, Agriculture, which tells the stories of some interesting and influential people in the agricultural industry. Just search Crofting Matters or Agriculture wherever you get your podcasts from.